Hey, I'm Kimberly. And I'm Summer. And this is The Kids Are In Bed. We are two new moms who just had babies in 2020. During that time, we leaned on each other, our limited community, and the internet. We want to share our experiences and knowledge with you guys and hopefully entertain you a little. What better time to discuss babies, sex, pregnancy, and just life than when the kids are in bed. Speaking of babies and intimacy and pregnancy, all of those things combined kind of lead us into that postpartum period. And what the heck is a postpartum period? That's a good question. Um, I know we've kind of mentioned in our previous podcast like wh- how challenging postpartum has been for us. But what is postpartum? How long does it last? Does it ever get easier? I don't know. I would like to say I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but... I don't know. And it's hard because there's so many different different definitions of that postpartum period, like the time frame. Yeah, I know. I kind of like looked it up because I was like, OK, like if we're going to talk about postpartum, like how long does postpartum last? Mm. And one place that I looked up, it says like it's six weeks after childbirth. Like that's the only time that's classified as postpartum, which seems kind of crazy to me because I feel like I'm still dealing with stuff from pregnancy and like birthing a child right that six weeks doesn't feel right and so another place that I looked at says like it could last up to six months but I know your husband Ryan says it's any period any time after you have a baby (laughs) oh yeah and he calls it you're post-pregnant you're not postpartum post-pregnant for life yeah because and I at first it was like no 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 Ryan it's it's (laughs) that's not right but then the more I think about it I'm like I think he's kind of right because I think your body and your mind and your emotions and everything never is the same again. Nope. It's always after having a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think he he's definitely onto something, especially like it's a good reminder. He tells me this a lot when I'm having those insecure moments. Yeah. About myself. And then he's like, you're post you're post pregnant. His wording yeah <laughs> I'm like you can't you gotta stop saying that he's like no like you just need to accept like your body is different yeah than it was before and it may never go back to that and that's okay because you made this huge beautiful baby yeah with your little body like yeah it's a huge no feat. absolutely and I think when I think about like postpartum and you know after having a baby, you only go back to the doctor when after six weeks, which is, I guess they're classifying that as the postpartum period. And then you don't really go back for a while and they never really check in on you ever oh. again. And so you have that six week window to say like this and this and this is wrong. They say, oh, that's normal. And then you're kind of moved along. Yeah. And I think that was something I had a really hard time with because like postpartum depression can creep up up until a year after postpartum right and so in those first six weeks if you don't experience it they're like hey here you go and then when you call back and you're like no I'm having these issues they're like go to your primary (laughs) yes oh my gosh that was huge because after that after I birthed the baby I was no longer their patient because I was no longer pregnant and so Mm -hmm. anytime I had something wrong that was related to my pregnancy and that postpartum period, they said, go to your primary, like you're not our patient yeah. anymore in, in regards to this, which seems so crazy to me. 
It's so weird. And it's like, but you're the one who knew all that really like deep medical stuff that's happened with me within the past nine months. And now you're letting me go to this person I haven't seen in like a year. Right. And you guys are the pregnancy experts. Like you should know if this is normal or not. My primary care doctor has no idea. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into that, you know, (laughs) as we're talking. But it's just it's definitely crazy. There's postpartum is crazy. And I think the lack of postpartum care is even crazier. It is. And I think before I got pregnant, I, you know, I followed moms on social media and they kept referring to the fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, what are they talking about? And the more I looked into it, the more I was like dreading it. <laughs> right. And even knowing a little bit from what they experienced and shared, I was not prepared for no what way. was about to happen. Even when I was in it, I don't think I realized how much was going on. Yeah. Until like now when I'm reflecting back and like, oh my gosh, what was happening to me? <laughs> like, and. Yeah, it's all such a blur. I think we should do a segment called Things People Say to You While You're Pregnant That Aren't Helpful. (laughs) I think one of them is when people, when you're pregnant and you're uncomfortable and you're miserable and people are like, how are you doing? And you're like, I can't sleep. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I hurt. And they're like, oh, sleep now because you'll never sleep then. That's not helpful. Right. But people say that. Mm -hmm. And even in retrospect, that's true. My most uncomfortable pregnant sleep was a thousand times better than like the newborn sleep where you get two hours consecutively, maybe if you're lucky. So even though it's true, not helpful, right? Not helpful. And then another one was like postpartum, like, or just having kids like, oh, kids is the hardest job you'll ever have, but it's also the best. And again, not really helpful, but I think it's because the conversation stops there. I feel like Nobody ever continues to explain, like, why? Like, what the hell does that mean? Because it is so hard, but, like, why is it hard? Nobody ever told me why it was so hard. So that's why I think postpartum was such a huge shock to me and my system. Because Mm -hmm. nobody ever said you bleed for months or you experience all of these other symptoms for months and your hormones are, like, out of control. You feel like you're crazy. Things pop up months and months later. Mm-hmm. So you're battling like yourself while trying to care for a baby and your husband and work and life and your home. And nobody ever stopped to explain any of that to me. No, I didn't know about the hormone surge until I was in the hospital after she was born. Yeah. Like I had no idea about that. And that was probably one of the biggest shocks. And for me, it was interesting because After I had her and I was in the postpartum time, that's when moms all of a sudden were reaching out and kind of giving me some like, oh, well, this happens. Like, do you need help with your stitches or like these type of things? And I'm like, where were you a couple months ago? Right. You could have told me this is going to happen. Like, I would have tried to prepare a little bit. Yeah. Um, And I think it goes back to just being one of those things. Moms just don't talk about it as much because it's. Yeah. Either we're afraid to scare the other people, which I get, but at the same time, it would have been helpful. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I just know I had no idea what to expect. So it happened and I was like, what the F is going on? So why don't you tell me what was postpartum like? Like, think about those first, like, just two weeks after Ruth was born. What was going on? What did you experience? What made it so challenging? 
So for me, um, I did have a vaginal delivery with a, I always forget, I think it was a two tear. So I had a tear inside and outside. Uh Um, They got stitched up. And the first couple days, I'm pretty sure I was still running on my adrenaline high. Right. Um, Still having trouble. Like, I had a hard time sleeping because, I mean, there's a newborn and (laughs) all that stuff. And... um, I remember, so for me, I had to worry about my blood clots. They were pretty large in the hospital. And so when I came home, just so you know, uh, blood clots don't stop at the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of give you a generic like, oh, if it's bigger than a ping pong, is it a ping pong ball? Yeah. Then call your OB. I don't know about you, but. Just having a ping pong ball size blood clot come out of you is terrifying. (laughs) Right. um, And I think I had two blood clots that first week. um, And you're still like, I was still wearing the diapers yeah, with the pads. And so luckily I, they caught that, but it was terrifying waking up and I like would stand up and I would just feel something come out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was terrified because then you also hear about women who have a prolapsed uterus mm-hmm. and like all these things, which is literally your uterus falling out of you. Right. Right. And so every time it happened, I would freak out and I'd be like, Ryan, <laughs> like he would have to look because I would get so scared. And then you call the OB like phone and they're just like, well, how big is it? OK, you're fine. Right. And I'm like, what? this huge thing they're like oh if it gets like a little bit bigger let us know if you have another one today let us know and that was probably the the scariest parts for me um but wearing the diapers was those things are comfortable i recommend them for postpartum so comfortable the women's depends diapers Mm -hmm. i got them from you yeah so they're the best they are so comfortable um I, because I was bleeding so much the first little bit, I would actually put like the, I took them from the hospital. The nurse like stuffed my bag full of the large pads that they give you. Yeah. And by like large, we mean like the size of your forearm. Yeah. Like they're huge. These are not like your regular period pads. These are like your forearm size and they're thick. They're like two inches thick. So you're like, how is this going to fit between my legs? Like... (laughs) How do I keep this here? Um, Yeah, they're giant. And I remember, like, they sent me home with, like, the puppy pads. Like, you know the training pads that, like, your dogs pee on? Yeah, like, they're like, oh, sleep on this just in case you bleed Mm -hmm. through your, you know, giant pad and your diaper. Like, that's so crazy. Like, why am I sleeping on puppy pads? I didn't know. That it would be that crazy for that long. It was, and part of me wants to be like, if you think I'm going to bleed through this, shouldn't I stay here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no way this is normal. Like, you're sending me home to, like, bleed through everything. Like, yeah. and that's okay. Right. And I actually, I know people who have hemorrhaged at home after. Mm. And I think that those stories, like, stuck with me. And so I was like terrified of bleeding and like redheads like I said have a higher chance of that and so I was like freaking out the whole time like oh my gosh but yeah so I had the diapers I had the pad and then um 
any moms out there who are listening, your soon-to-be moms, you're going to want those tux pads, Mm -hmm. witch hazel. Yes. Get (laughs) them. Those things, I use them for probably two or three weeks every, Mm -hmm. all day, every day. Um, Yeah. My, luckily, my stitches and everything did pretty well. Um, I was able to move around okay for the first couple weeks, but um, I think my scariest part was the bleeding, (laughs) bleeding out. But I bled for about three weeks, Mm -hmm. and then it calmed down, and I was doing better. But um, the physical part of that, and when you're nursing, you actually have contractions. Oh, yes. Gosh, those contractions. You're like, your baby's out. Why am I feeling this intense pain still? And that I never heard of that until I was in the hospital nursing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they they hurt. Like, yeah, they sure do. And you're like feeding this child or you're pumping and you're like, I can't like curl up in a ball right now because (laughs) I have something attached to me. And it pretty much is just your uterus shrinking back down. But that that hurt like yeah and and they say like the more that you nurse the more that you pump in the beginning Mm -hmm. like the faster you know your uterus shrinks down which is a good thing but it's also very uncomfortable because not only and I don't know about you but in the hospital I felt like I got hit by a car like I Mm -hmm. couldn't even move like to try and like sit up to get out of the hospital bed was so painful and then you're having contractions still and you like are so sore everywhere. <laughs> like you're just a mess. It's just a mess. It's yeah. And then it's like uncomfortable for me, like just to move because I'm like, mm. <laughs> I have like blood potentially coming out of me. Yeah. I have you're still hooked up to cords and like mm-hmm. all this stuff in the hospital. And it's just so uncomfortable everywhere. Like. Yeah. Just to do any daily activity is really difficult. And you're right. Like getting hit by a truck. I was so sore from pushing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I didn't realize it until after I'm like, why? Like, why are my shoulders sore? Why are my mm-hmm. arms? And then I was like, oh, because I got a workout. While I was yeah. Pushing her out. I remember like being in the hospital and you're like changing these diapers and these pads and I could not even bend over to pick them up off of the floor Mm. so I had to have like David had to come and like help me put on these pads or like I would take it off and it'd be soaked in blood and I was like I'm so sorry I'm so embarrassed Mm -hmm. but like can you pick this up because I can't or like as you're trying to put on a new one you're like dripping blood all over the bathroom floor and like God bless David because he and he never made me feel uncomfortable or embarrassed or awkward but I think like physically you feel really overwhelmed and sore and tired but like emotionally you're at your most vulnerable when you're literally bleeding out of every area you hurt so bad you're emotionally overwhelmed and then here's your husband like cleaning up your blood off of the bathroom floor like Mm -hmm. that's so such a vulnerable state to be in so vulnerable and I don't know about you but even just like when I got home even just going to the bathroom was like an ordeal yeah. And like Ryan still helped me with like my pads and stuff when I got home because mm-hmm. like I couldn't bend and stuff. And it's 
one of those things where all shame goes out the window and you really start to appreciate that partner of yours. Like absolutely. Oh my gosh. So, so much. Like they're superheroes and it, they really are. They put up with a lot and to not make you feel awkward or uncomfortable when (laughs) you're just so vulnerable. I walked around the house in like a diaper without like a shirt on without pants, Mm -hmm. like just a diaper for weeks because I couldn't even put pants on. It hurt too much to bend over to pull my pants up after I would go to the bathroom. Right. And like just to like point out, like your insides are not where they're supposed to be. Like, yeah. They got to move back. <laughs> yeah. That takes time. And your body is just like all out of whack anyway. And the hormone surge the first two weeks after I was crying at least once a day. Sometimes yeah. didn't even know why. Like, just crying. Holding Ruth, just crying because I'm holding her. Yeah. like, And for any reason, because you're happy, because you're sad, because you're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. For no reason at all. like Right? And it's like, how do you know? Because I remember when I left the hospital, the nurse was like, just so you know, being overwhelmed with emotions and stuff is normal the first two weeks. It's like a hormone surge. Um, but if it continues after that, contact your OB because postpartum depression is very common. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And after the first couple of weeks, I'm like, how do I know I'm okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Because, like, what's the boundary of this? Right. And it's also a thing of like, I'm sleep deprived and mm-hmm. I get super weepy and I am a grump when I yeah. don't get sleep. Mm-hmm. Bless my husband. So like, that's another thing too. I'm like, what is normal anymore? Because I don't even know how to monitor myself. Yeah. And I, when I was discharged from the hospital, they didn't kind of give me that hormone warning, but oh. because you had Ruth two week, two months before I had Logan, I remember you telling me like those first two weeks are really tough. You cry all the time. And I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. You know, you're still feeling good and pregnant and glowing and whatever. (laughs) And then you have this baby. And I remember like it was almost within 24 hours after birthing Logan and we got moved upstairs. I was just crying all the time. Mm -hmm. It was so emotional. And I would just remember like I couldn't even talk to a nurse without being like in full tears. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. But I am just so overwhelmed by literally everything that you're saying to me. And so I remember coming home and I cried every day for two weeks, multiple times a day. And it would just be hysterical crying too, Mm -hmm. which is not like normal. And I remember telling David, like, just come and hold me and pray for me because I don't know what's going on. I'm not in my body. This Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. And feeling scared at the emotions because I have never felt something so deeply that I couldn't control. Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest parts of postpartum is you're not in control of a lot of aspects of your body and mental state. Like, yeah, your body's just doing its thing, trying to heal itself. And you're just sitting here waiting for it to fix. <laughs> like, Yeah. And you don't know what's normal or not because mm-hmm. no one has ever talked to you about this ever before. So you're like, is this normal? Is this not normal? And then, at least for me, I'm not necessarily someone who, like, reaches out and says, like, hey, is this normal? Or, hey, I'm not doing okay. Like, I just need to talk. Like, mm-hmm. I wait for someone to reach out to me. And I remember sitting there like... I hope someone texts me today. I hope someone texts me today because I just want to say I'm not okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because everybody's always like, if you need anything, let me know. 
But it's hard for me to reach out. Even though I know people would be there, I need someone to make that first initial contact with me for me to be like, okay, I'm not okay. Like, thank God that you texted me because (laughs) I need help. And I don't know what I need. I don't know what kind of help I need. I just need someone to know that this is hard. Yeah. And I think that's a good tip for listeners out there. If you know a mama having a baby soon or has just had one, just reaching out. I know I had one of Ryan's coworkers who I've met like a couple times. Um, She had a baby maybe a year before Ruth was born. And she gave us a lot of stuff for Ruth has been really sweet. And she one day was like, I'm going to drop off coffee at your house. What do you guys want? And she would text me being like, hey, are you doing okay? Is Ryan annoying you yet? Because I wanted to kill my husband. Like these type of things. And I was like, that was needed. And it was someone that I didn't really know. And I think that was something that really helped me um, not feel alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not feel crazy. Because I remember she was the only person who told me her postpartum was harder than her whole pregnancy. Yeah. The only person. And with her, she had a C-section. I was like, oh, that's probably why. Like her recovery... And then the more I started talking to her after postpartum, I was like, oh, no, like she she went through it, too. Like, this is a thing. I 1000 percent told David that, too. I was like this postpartum period, these like three months had been way harder than my entire pregnancy combined. And I felt like it was never going to be over. I thought I was never going to get out of this postpartum period and like experiencing baby blues and just like all kinds of things when you're in it and you're sleep deprived you never feel like it's going to be over no and it feels like groundhog day or at least it did for me yeah but it was a groundhog day that never ended because Mm -hmm. your nights blend into days yeah and so it's just like a constant loop and you and then you have that you have at least I did I had a moment of like what did we get into? Mm-hmm. I didn't want this. Like now I have this baby and what do I do? Like I'm not happy. And it's not because I wasn't happy with Logan. Like you feel this immense love and joy, but you're also so tired and overwhelmed. Then you start to like feel like, what did I do? How can I like, how can I move on from this? How can I love him when I literally feel so bad all the time? Mm -hmm. And then you start to feel sad and guilty that you like even thought about that for a second. But it's also like, I remember when Logan would finally go to sleep and I felt like I couldn't sleep because I missed him so much. He would sleep in the bassinet right next to my bed And I remember I'd, like, hold him while trying to, like, get him to sleep, just, like, crying and praying, like, God, please let him fall asleep so I can sleep. And then the second he would, I remember laying there and my I felt like my heart was aching. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted him in my arms. I wanted to hold him and love him and kiss him so bad I couldn't even sleep. So it's this, like, (laughs) weird emotion where you finally get what you want and you're like, no, no, I don't want that. And then... You hold him again. You're like, no, no, I really need to sleep. And so it's just this like roller coaster of emotions. It is. And to be honest, even last night, I put Ruth to bed. And then an hour later, I was like, I just want to hold her. <laughs> like, I just yeah. wanna, like it does end. Like nope. every once in a while, Mm-mm. I'm just like, oh, I just miss her. I just want to hold her. But then sometimes when she's awake, I'm like, man, child, is it your nap time yet? Because I, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need a break. Please go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. It, and you're right. It totally is not over. Sometimes I secretly sneak in and like go give Logan another kiss because I just want to be around him. But I do it really quietly because I'm like, don't wake up because I don't like, <laughs> don't wake up. But I just love you still. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's just one of those things like being a mom is unexplainable. Yeah. There's an attachment re- there that can't be put into words. Yeah. But I think like letting people know like that all of these crazy weird feelings is normal is so helpful because I just know that I was not expecting any of these. The overwhelming emotions I was not expecting. I figured like, okay, it might be hard to walk for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But even like the physical pain was so much more severe than I had mentally prepared for. Right. And like just how my body felt after. I remember like in the hospital, I like looked at myself in the mirror after I had given birth and I was like, what happened to my vagina? Like, (laughs) why is it so stretched out? And like, it was the weirdest thing. It was like swollen and puffy, but also like stretched out. And I was like, this cannot stay this way. Like, there's no way. Like, please tell me this like goes back because (laughs) and I felt like that for a couple of weeks. I was like, is this like what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? Because I don't like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And eventually it kind of goes back into its normal shape. I don't really know. But (laughs) it's those things that nobody ever told me that it was going to look different. And so I was terrified at first. I was like, there's no way this is normal. Right. That and your belly. It's not just gone after Mm -hmm. you have it. And that was something where I was like, it's going to shrink back down, right? It's going to shrink back down. And like, it's hard to wear clothes that like, because like you no longer necessarily fit into your maternity clothes. They're a little too baggy, but like your pre-pregnancy clothes are too tight or uncomfortable. Like just knowing what to wear and... Hence the diaper for several weeks. (laughs) Hence, like, nothing fit. Because I know I had really cute, like, maternity wear that, like, it was tight so it could, like, accentuate my belly. But after you give birth and there's no baby, having a belly, you no longer feel cute. Nope. (laughs) That confidence that you had to wear, like, tight-fitting outfits is out the window faster. Right. (laughs) As soon as he leaves, you're like, nope, it's... Don't I don't want to show this belly anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was something that and ner- like nursing mm-hmm. also played a huge factor, I think, into my postpartum. Um, we can go into a little deeper in another episode, but Ruth had a hard time nursing and yeah. it messed with my supply. And like, I didn't know necessarily the ins, about of, ins and outs of nursing and Absolutely. how that worked. And so... Um, it was just a roller coaster of she's getting supplemental, like formula feeds, she's nursing, I'm pumping, like that whole dynamic added a whole layer that just like was so much pressure and so much draining, like trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And also like there's milk everywhere. My boobs mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. My nipples hurt. Like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) They're raw. They're, like, painful. Like, and there's a certain part of, like, pain where you're like, okay, my nipples are hurting. Is this normal? Is this not normal? Mm -hmm. And I remember Googling so 
much. And sometimes it was like, this is normal. Or other times it'd be like, not normal. Go see a medical professional now. And I, I just remember feeling like, how do I know? I don't want to call a doctor again. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. Like, is this normal or not? And then me in particular, like waiting, like, okay, this must be normal. And then finding out it's not normal. And you're like, mm-hmm. like, how am I supposed to know? Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part is like, <laughs> I always felt like I was bothering people when I would reach out and be like, or like call the OB, like, is this supposed to be happening? And they're like, oh, that's yeah. fine. That's normal. I felt like I was bothering them. Just the dumb questions. And I felt bad, but I was also like, I just don't know. Like there was one night I had a really, like a really bad fever. I was cramping Mm -hmm. and I was like, what is happening? Um, It was like 10 p.m. or something. Yeah. And I, I also like didn't know what medications can I take if I'm nursing. Right. Like, I don't know what's safe or what's not safe. And, um, Luckily, I have a cousin who is a nurse and worked in the NICU for a while. And so every once in a while, I would text her those weird questions of like, yeah, what do I do? Like, this is thing. But um, like I was fighting mass. mass oh, my gosh. I can never say the word. Mastitis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to get it, I'm pretty sure. And so I had to fight that off really quickly. And that's something I was not prepared for. Yeah. Didn't know what to do. And like the symptoms of that can be similar to other things that are like an infection mm-hmm. with your stitches and like all these things. You're like, I just have a fever. What do I do? Yeah. My baby's crying. I'm supposed to be feeding her, but I'm like feeling awful. And it was just yeah. that night. That night stuck with me pretty hard. Yeah. So and it is. It's so hard. And I I also had a vaginal birth and I did get a level one tear. And so I got some stitches. And um, so what, like I shared before, I was induced because my doctor mm-hmm. thought I was developing preeclampsia um, because I had my blood pressure had started to go up and just things weren't right. And so after birth, like in the hospital, my blood pressure was still a little bit high and I was getting headaches. And so They kind of were monitoring me, but eventually said, like, you're okay, you're okay. Well, but they did say, keep checking your blood pressure because if it keeps going up, you know, you could develop, like, preeclampsia later. Like, after you give birth, it Mm -hmm. can still develop. And so that's what I was doing. I was checking my blood pressure. And um, one of the signs of, like, preeclampsia was if you have a headache that doesn't go away with like regular Tylenol. And so I remember like after giving birth, even in the hospital, I would have headaches. And so they were giving me medicine around the clock. They were checking my blood pressure, which was still high. Um, But we just wanted to go home. So I was like, please, like just discharge me. Like we just want to go home. We've been here too long. We've been here for like five days at this point, like with Mm -hmm. the amount of time that I was in labor. And then we stayed two days after kept checking my blood pressure and it was going up. And so I remember going to my OB for like the checkup that you go to a couple days after birth. And Mm -hmm. it was three days after I'd given birth and my blood pressure was high still. And I was like, I'm having these really bad headaches, like help, like something's not right. They took my blood pressure and they're like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, um, no, my baby's three days old and we're in COVID and I cannot leave my baby. 
Mm-hmm. Like my Logan and David were in the car and I just remember panicking and I had a full on panic attack like in the ho- in my OB room, like hyperventilating the like mm. nurse practitioner was trying to calm me down. I was freaking out because I was like, I can't go to the emergency room and leave everybody like I didn't bring my breast pump like I need to feed him. How is he going to eat? He right. doesn't have his special bottles like what's going on? So anyway, I ended up getting sent to the emergency room and I had to stay in the emergency room for hours and hours Mm -hmm. while David and Logan were in the car and eventually, you know, found some safety. But it was just it was the most overwhelming feeling of my life because I knew I didn't feel right, but I would have given anything in the world to stay with them because I was terrified of leaving them. And I was scared that I was going to die or something bad was going to happen. I was so scared. And I was alone because of COVID. I couldn't Mm -hmm. have either of them with me. And my phone was going to die. And I was trying to, like, pump and keep my milk on ice. And they ended up having to give me, like, a catheter to do some sort of special, like, vaginal swab to see if there was protein in my urine that they could only get through a catheter. And I had just been stitched up. I was three days post-childbirth and they I was crying and screaming because it was so painful that they're like ripping my stitches open Mm. while trying to like get this catheter in like four people ended up having to come in to try and get it in because I was still swollen and oh it was the worst pain of my life and it was awful and all I wanted to do was be with Logan and David and like nobody prepared me for that. And I remember my OB came to see me in the emergency room and was like, truly, like, you're not my patient anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do anything for you. Like, you are going to need some, like, temporary blood pressure medication. Like, this is from being pregnant. And this is, like, part of postpartum. But you've delivered the baby. So you're not under my care. So you're going to have to go and find a primary doctor to help you. Like, I'm sorry. And Mm. the ER couldn't give me medication. My OB was saying no. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm in so much pain. You guys have identified a problem, but you can't help me because the baby is now out of me. Right. Like, three days ago, you could have helped me and I could have been feeling better. But now I'm on my own. And all of that on top of, like, the hormones. Mm -hmm. I, like, cried hysterically the entire time. I was in the emergency room. It was the worst experience of my life that no one could have prepared me for. Mm -hmm. But I felt like nobody in the hospital was sensitive to the fact that, like, I just had a baby three days ago. You know, I'm here completely alone. I'm scared. You're trying to pump me full of these medications. I'm, like, breastfeeding. Like, I want to make sure my baby's safe and... It was just really, really hard. But I think all of that to say, like, you know your body. And if something doesn't feel right, like, trust your gut mm-hmm. and get help. But it's it's definitely not easy. And I want to have more kids, but I am terrified that something like that would happen again because I never, ever want to go through that because it was just so scary. No, yeah. And I think the being alone part. Add such a huge, huge layer because, like, had it not been COVID, David may have been able to go with you. Yeah. Or, you know, or at least you could have had your breast pump. Like, he could have brought that to you and you could have been able to feed Logan there with yeah. you. Because um, leaving that baby 
Yep. That, I mean, you have been, he's been a part of you mm-hmm. for months. Like, yep. you're not meant to just, bye. Like, that's not. No. Oh, that's such, I it am was so sorry. traumatic. And I remember, like, David, like, hadn't, had been, he had not been a father three days ago. You know what yeah. I mean? And so now he's, like, having to care for this tiny baby and feed him and, like, how do I feed him? And add a cleft on top of that like mm-hmm. there were things that we were still struggling to figure out feeding him and it was up until that point like still a two-person job to try and feed him so now he's eating formula because we he didn't have any breast milk because i was in the emergency room mm-hmm. so logan's eating formula in the back seat of a car and it was just, and it was hot outside and it was like david doesn't know what he's doing i have no idea what i'm doing still at this point and so that was definitely overwhelming. And had your milk come in yet? It had come in and so oh. my boobs were aching. Yeah. They were aching so bad. So I actually had an LV pump, but it had died. So oh. I was able to get a little bit and then I would like charge it. And then I'd have to like call somebody to like, can you hand me my pump or like, can you plug it in? And people were just annoyed. COVID was like in full swing. So people... It was just a really crazy time. So I remember, like, I'd be able to get, like, an ounce out, maybe an ounce, half an ounce, and then it would die. So it was just, like, it was very painful and uncomfortable. And I never want to go through that (laughs) again, ever. No. And that milk coming in, I feel like I had an extra hormone surge when that happened anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it just, it adds extra hormones to you, I think. that. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And there's so much pressure on, like, you need to pump to keep your supply up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the supply. You can't feed your baby. And so I just remember I was like, I my only option is to pump. I can't nurse. So I have to do this right. And then not having that opportunity for, like, 12 hours or however long it was, there was a lot of pressure. I was like, I'm never going to be able to produce milk now because mm-hmm. I failed my body and... You know, it's there's so much fear yeah, and pressure like that comes with trying to keep a tiny human alive. There is. And there's so many complications that can happen after having a baby like the preeclampsia that you're not aware of until yeah. something happens and you're like, wait, is this normal? Like what's happening to my body? <laughs> yeah. And did you remember that part when you were getting discharged from the hospital and the sweet little nurse sits down and like has... My nurse had like a 30 page discharge <laughs> packet yeah. and starts reading like if this and this and this and this and this goes wrong, like go to the emergency room. If this and this and this happens to the baby, go to the emergency room. This is OK. This isn't. And I just remember sitting there and I do not remember a single thing she said. Oh, not no. one thing. And I just remember th- I was like nodding my head, smiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea what she said because I physically and mentally could not compute all of that information at one time. Mm hmm. It's so much. And at the same time, like, there's still a baby in the room that might be crying or right. <laughs> your husband's trying to pack up and yep. <laughs> you're mentally preparing to leave this room with a new child. Yeah. And you're like, how am I going to get dinner tonight? Like, <laughs> do you go through a drive through with a crying baby or like, and we live like an hour away. So we're like, are we going to eat tonight at all? Like, could someone bring us food? Maybe. But then you don't. With COVID, it was. There was just so much going on that mm-hmm. I think that there needs to be a better way. Maybe like a little bit of information at a time <laughs> or something. But that like 
dump of info was I feel like did not compute. There needs to be a postpartum class that you take before you have the baby. Yes. Like forget this whole like birthing class thing. Let's just do a post a fourth trimester class. Yeah. Just to prepare because it was one of the loneliest and most difficult times that I've ever yeah. had. But at the same time, I felt great the first I mean, after the first two weeks. Like I felt good. Like, okay, yeah, I can do this. You feel normal again. Yeah. Well, a new normal, I think. <laughs> a new normal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think something else that's hard too is when you're pregnant, people always want to know how you're doing. How are you doing? Like, what can I do for you? Like, how, you know, they are so concerned with you. As soon as you give the baby, you birth the baby. No one cares about you at all. It's all about the baby. And even then, it's only for like the first week or the first couple of days. I remember getting like what felt like hundreds of texts like congratulating us and how can we help you and let me bring you meals. And then after that two weeks, like no one ever reaches out ever again. And you're like, I'm still not sleeping. I'm still hungry. I'm still tired. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but nobody ever checks in after that, at least in my experience. No, it's very, it's very rare. I had like a few people that I would get a text from um, every once in a while, like throughout. But a lot of the times the questions were, how's Ruth sleeping? Yeah. How's she eating? How's she yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not sleeping, but she's sleeping great. She's yeah. eating well. I think I ate today. Like, right. It's those type of things where the baby will probably be okay. Like, yeah. we're figuring that out. But mom and dad, they're not doing too hot. Like, yeah. that's another thing. Like, Ryan didn't get checked up on very much either. Mm -mm. And that was something I didn't think about until we were in it of, like, his whole life has changed too. Yeah. And now he's trying to take care of me and the baby and just keep things afloat as best yeah. as he can. And he doesn't have people taking, like, asking how he's doing because he's the dad. Yeah. In other people's eyes, he's he's doing great. Like, yeah. Like, he does, he hasn't had to go through these major changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, someone will drop off a beer and be like, here you go. Congratulations, dad. And yeah. When I know he struggled a little bit, I don't think he'll mind me saying, but like watching me in pain. Mm -hmm. And not knowing how to help me. Um, yeah. I mean, he texted my cousin, the nurse, more than I did. Like, asking. Yeah. Like, Some, this is happening this summer. What do I do? Like, because they don't know either. And they've only been a dad for as long as you have. And at least with, in our case, he, well, I'm sure with David too, like, they helped feed. Mm -hmm. And they had to learn. And I had carpal tunnel. So I physically couldn't change her diaper very well. Like, right. my hands hurt. And... I couldn't swaddle very well. So Ryan, like, changed probably almost all of Ruth's diapers for, like, the first month. Yeah. And he was, like, the swaddle king. And mm -hmm. he... Ryan taught David how to swaddle the right way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's really good at it if anyone needs lessons. Yeah. Um, but he – and he got up with me in the middle of the night. Like, yeah. he wasn't a dad who slept through. Like, he had to get up because I couldn't – change her diaper very well like it was hard for me to pick her up and hold her certain ways and so he was full force yeah and he didn't get checked up on either and sometimes I think about that and I'm like that must have been really hard for him 
Yeah. And David was the same way. Like, I would wake up in the middle of the night and he was always up with me. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because I needed him, but he was there to give me that emotional support at 2 a.m. when you haven't slept. Yeah. Like, at all. (laughs) And so... (laughs) I yeah, it's it's definitely hard. And I think like getting a meal is great. But also that like emotional check in is so important, Mm -hmm. too. And we we definitely felt blessed. We know our church family, they provided us meals, our friends would like order groceries for us, we would, you know, it, it helped so much. I could not imagine like going through that period without that help but with covid like people weren't coming over into your house to like help with the dishes or to like just hold the baby while you got like 30 minutes of sleep and it was just a way different dynamic to do this during a pandemic and i think that's what made doctor's appointments hard too because i was like i could go and check in or go to the doctor really fast but actually you can't Mm -hmm. you know like it's not that easy to just go and get checked out or things like that and gosh I even like people talk about like the first poop oh yeah like after giving a baby (laughs) after having a baby like people are really terrify you of like the first poop you're taking like stool softeners for like days before Mm -hmm. (laughs) that happens but even like you go to the bathroom and like wiping like you're not like you can't really even wipe wipe yourself because (laughs) one you're so sore you can't like reach that way and two, like, there's stitches and, like, nobody really explained. They're like, oh, yeah, use this bottle. It's great. I didn't, like, they're talking about, like, a bottle to, like, squirt your vagina yeah. <laughs> after you go to the bathroom. And people would say, you need this bottle. and Put warm water and it's great. I didn't really understand, like, what that was for. So I remember getting this bottle and I'm like, well, what do I do with this bottle? Like, nobody's <laughs> ever explained to me what I'm supposed to do or, like, they're like, here's the witch hazel pads. And I'm like, cool. Or here, they give you this like dermaplast spray. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Like, what do I do with this spray? Do I just like spray it on myself? Do I spray it on the pad? Like, nobody really explained like what to do. I think they just assumed you knew how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a lot of trial and error. I was like, okay, this worked. This didn't work. This definitely <laughs> don't do that again, you know? And just sitting up after you go to the bathroom was hard. So I just wish that there were, I don't know why people are so embarrassed to say the -hmm. stuff. Like we all have vaginas. If you have a baby, you all, whether you have a C-section or you push one out, like you're taking care of the same parts. I just wish people were more open about the real stuff that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's. I feel like I would have liked to have had the conversation. I don't know if the nurse did this with you, but they take you to the bathroom for the first time in the hospital. Yeah. And they like run through like, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that conversation would have been so much nicer with someone that I knew. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, <laughs> like, and I'm not sitting on the toilet trying to pee in front of this person. Like, yeah, that would mm-hmm. have been nice. <laughs> I totally had like pee anxiety so I had to pee so bad and we walked over there and she's like okay she's like squatting down on my level waiting for me to pee and I was like you're waiting I tried so hard to pee and I could not she made me so nervous and she was like the sweetest lady in the whole world and so kind but I was like I can't pee right now I don't know like my body's like no 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 don't do this in front of this lady (laughs) so I remember like having to hobble back to the bed and like 20 minutes later I was like 
calling her again, like, okay, I'm ready to pee now. Can you help me? (laughs) You know, it was, it's it's wild. It is. And it's one of those things where it's like, we all go through this, right? Like, yeah, you Instagram moms who like post with your hair and your makeup done, like you also had to do that, right? (laughs) And I remember thinking like, yeah, how do you have time to a shower and then like blow dry your hair and then curl it and then put on makeup? I was like, Mm-mm. How does this happen? Until I finally did it. I think I was like maybe four weeks in or something. I was like, I finally had extra time and I felt so much better. Mm-hmm. But I was doing it for myself and not to like post it and say like, look what a good mom I am. Like I'm put together. I stayed in pajama pants. Well, up until now, I'm still in pajama pants. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, but I think just giving yourself grace too. like it's OK to not have it together all the time and to have clean hair or makeup on your face all the time like that's okay like your baby doesn't love you more your husband doesn't love you more you know it's a nice luxury it is (laughs) you know especially in the beginning it's so nice but that's not what makes you a good mom or a good wife no and I think that's a really important thing to remember um I remember Ryan I was like, I remember I was having a breakdown. Who knows why? And (laughs) he was like, Ruth loves your face, not the face with the makeup on, not the hair that's done. She likes your smell, your Mm -hmm. face. You're her mama. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things to remind myself is like, well, if I don't look this way or she's not dressed in like the cutest clothes, like, yeah, I must not be doing it right. Right. It's just postpartum. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so that's like the first two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> now fast forward to you have your six-week checkup and your doctor examines you and they say, okay, you're good to go. Like, great. Because also during this time, like, you're not having sex or at least I didn't have sex no. until I got cleared at six weeks. I know some moms did and bless them. I did not because I was too scared. <laughs> yeah. Mainly. Um, And I remember, like, going to that checkup, and I was like, okay, I have these questions. Like, this is still happening. I remember just me personally. Like, I stopped bleeding after the first two weeks, and I was good. But I was still wearing, like, pads up until, Mm -hmm. like, that six-week checkup still because I was, like, I was leaking. Like, not – I wasn't bleeding, but I was, like, my bladder hadn't, like, gained full control. And I wasn't, like – peeing and it wasn't like a lot but I had those like panty liners because every now and then like I would have a little bit of leak and I remember going to my doctor and I was like is this normal when does this stop because I'm really tired of not feeling like myself Mm -hmm. like to have that control of like your bladder like I just when does this stop oh it can last up to like a year and I was like (laughs) Thank you. Excuse me, what? (laughs) He's like, totally normal. It could be up to a year. And I was like, I don't want to be leaking Mm -mm. for a year after this baby. Like, no way. Um, And I, you know, they do all this check and they're like, you're good to go. And I remember my OB didn't even ask me how I was doing emotionally. Like, Uh, I was waiting for that, like, check in. Like, how are you doing? He just like went up there, checked. You're good. Looks good. You can have sex. Like, here's birth control like you don't want to get pregnant again do you right now and I was like and kind of I felt like I kind of do like (laughs) you know he was like in my mind he kind of like 
forced birth control was like, here, 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 mm. here's your options. You should do this. And I remember thinking like, oh, what if I don't want to do this? Because I didn't want to be on birth control. So I remember he prescribed it to me and I have like six months of birth control sitting on my counter because I don't necessarily want to take it. But I just remember feeling forced for that piece a little bit. And then um, he never asked me how I was doing emotionally. And so even at that point, though, I would have said, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. But I was starting work. I think my appointment was Friday. I was starting work on Monday. So I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And then I started work six weeks postpartum and I lost my mind. Oh, yeah. It was so overwhelming. I just cried and cried and cried. And I would like work really hard at work. And then I had Logan and I would hold him while doing work and going to meetings. And then I try to put him to sleep and then he wasn't sleeping. I was like crying, holding him like, please go to sleep because I have to do this work. And I remember work. I would like work until like 9 p.m. at night trying to get stuff together. I was still waking up every three hours, every two and a half, three hours to pump. And I remember like pumping at 2 a.m. like while typing like psych reports. And it was just really hard. And I remember thinking like, I wish he asked me how I was doing because I'm about to lose my mind. Like I need help. Like mayday, mayday. Someone help me. Right. And. No, like I never got that help. And I think I was also too embarrassed because all of that stuff, you know, right after postpartum had happened with the ER and he was basically like, you're not my patient anymore. Mm. So it was for me, I just felt embarrassed. because I was like, who do I go to for all of this help? He's not going to help me. My primary care is like, well, we don't know this stuff. We don't deal with this stuff. And it was just so overwhelming. I wish it was so much easier to say like, if you need this help, go to this person. And I like mm-hmm. even when it came to breastfeeding, like I also dealt with mastitis and it was like, OK, my OB can't help me. My primary care has no idea. And it was like, who do you go to for this help? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so hard. Did they. I know when I went for my six week, they had me fill out. I can't remember what it's called, like the post or the depression screening. Did they have you do that? No. mm mm. That's crazy. Nope. So they're like, you're good to go. Like, you can have sex now. And I remember thinking, like, that's the last thing that I want to do right now. (laughs) Because not because I don't love my husband and not because I don't love sex, but just because I was like, there's so much going on. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not really what I need the clearance for right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I remember I took the postpartum depression or whatever they call it, that survey, and mm-hmm. I passed it. And um, she also gave me like the clearance or whatever. But she didn't push the birth control. They actually asked me if I what form I wanted, if I wanted one. Um, and at that time, I think I, I just said I didn't want any right then and there. Um, and they're yeah. like, call when you want. If you do want it, just call. We'll get you in. But um, I remember I took the survey on a Monday. And then that following... Or is it like two days later, like that Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I started work. Yeah. And within a week, I was like, I need to call my therapist. (laughs) Yeah. And like for me, I started work. I was at a new school site, new grade level, online. Like I was so overwhelmed and driving. So I was driving 45 minutes both ways. And that sleep deprivation added on top. Yeah. And I, in my mind, I had passed the depression clearance. And right. 
it's past six weeks. So I was like, oh, no, like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm just yeah, stressed. I'm supposed to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just stressed. Like, that's just a normal thing. And it took me about two weeks. I think I remember texting you about it. Like, Ryan and I were having a hard time because I was yeah. on edge all the time. Like, I mean, he would be breathing next to me. And I'm like, why are you next to me? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And I, yeah, that really hit hard going back to work early. And I remember I had to call my therapist that I had been to before we got married and I had taken some time away from meeting with her and I <laughs> texted her and I was like, are you still taking patients right now? Because I need, I need an appointment, like yeah, get me in. And it wasn't until I talked to her who she had actually had a baby, um, like the year, maybe two years before. So she was mm-hmm. kind of in the thick of it. And in between when the last time I'd saw her and now she had actually gotten um, certification in postpartum care with clients and stuff. So it ended up being a great fit. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But it wasn't until I talked to her about certain things. Like she said, postpartum depression can happen up until a year after you have your baby. And yeah. I was like, you mean I can have postpartum depression now? Like mm-hmm. it's not just within those six weeks. I thought I was just crazy. Yeah. And like, she was the one who recommended like who to go to for um, like lactation issues and different things like that. Like my therapist was yeah. the one who had to lay it out for me because no one else like was laying it out and, there. Like, And you would think that there was some sort of unified medical people that could provide you mm-hmm. with that information. I remember asking questions and them being like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You'll have to like search it. Maybe there's someone out there. And I just remember thinking like, well, that's not helpful. So, no. but thanks. Like, I pay you a lot of money, <laughs> but I still need help. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I feel like the postpartum care, especially where we live, is lacking in a lot of areas. A Absolutely. lot of areas. And I think even just, like, that was another thing my therapist had to help me with was um, weaning Ruth off of breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how you were supposed to do that correctly. So I did it and became a huge emotional wreck. And I was like, what's happening to me? And she was like, "Uh, did you stop nursing? Like, yeah, like I'm like, I know she's a professional, but like she's not the one that should have been having to tell me these things. I don't know. Like there needs to be some sort of like middleman or like, okay, after you give baby, like there should be another medical professional or someone Another team like waiting to receive you because after you get that six week clearance, like that's it. Like, see you next time you're pregnant or like for your yearly pap. Like, yeah, they can't help you. And so, like, where do you go for help? I think that that's definitely something that we're lacking so, so much. And I think even like postpartum sex is different. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I feel like that's something. Um, <laughs> My OB was actually very open with me about it, which was great um, and kind of gave me some tips and stuff. But it's still not what it was before. And I think mentally adjusting to that, too, is hard for you and your husband. I mean, absolutely. He's been, you know, (laughs) waiting for six weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so then it's like, oh, no, 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 that hurts. Like, 
and they also yeah. don't want to hurt you. And then it's just this whole thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that isn't talked about. Yeah. And God bless those women who did it before six weeks. I was still on the verge of like, my uterus is going to fall out. I know it's going to fall out. So yeah, <laughs> I like don't come near me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not talked about. And it, I feel like it should be normalized more. Yeah. So what was sex like for you? Like what was postpartum sex like for you? For me, it wasn't the first time hurt pretty bad. Um, I so when I went to my OB appointment, I she checks everything and um, she let me know that my tear inside, although it was healed, it was still um, like fresh, I guess. Raw. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it was bleeding a little bit and she was like, the bleeding is normal. Just know it'll probably happen for a little bit. Um, and, you know, me, I'm terrified of blood. So I'm like, <laughs> At this awesome. point. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. And um, the first time we did it, like it wasn't, it hurt, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't necessarily the most enjoyable thing for yeah. me. Um, and I think a lot of that comes with just the anxiety of people saying like either people saying it's going to hurt or people not telling you anything. Yeah. Like it just makes it an anxious filled experience anyway we all know that's not helpful so um after the first time it it got easier and it got better for me personally um I did bleed a lot but it wasn't as terrible as I expected for my experience Mm -hmm. yeah what about for you um so we waited six weeks and then the day we got the clearance we had sex Mm um because bless my husband he was so you know, understanding during that entire period. I mean, like, we didn't have sex, but we definitely... He was taken care of. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we, we were not having sex for those six weeks. Um, But I remember when we first had sex, I did get stitches. And so we kind of joked about this summer. But, like, I got that stitch. And it was... It's like... They call it, like, the husband stitch, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I was stitched up and... It did not fit back inside me because I something with the stitching, like it it just didn't fit. And like it was very painful because it was like you're restretching this area that's now been like stretched, not closed, but mm-hmm. it has definitely just altered your body. And so the first three times were very, very painful. And I just remember like David feeling so bad. Yeah about like not wanting to hurt me and I was like grimacing in pain and I was like no keep going but I was like <laughs> like dying I <laughs> did not look comfortable and I tried so hard to keep it in but he was like you're in pain and I was like just keep going like I don't know because <laughs> we have to like get through this like hump like I know it's gonna get better mm-hmm. but it was definitely not comfortable in the beginning um But I felt like after once things were healed and once things were finally good, I felt like it had felt better than ever before. Like something changed, which was, I mean, it was definitely painful in the beginning. But then all of a sudden something changed and I feel like our sex now is better than even before a baby. Yeah. And I think something just for listeners who have not experienced this yet, just remember if you are nursing... There will probably be a mess in the upper area, too. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was something I I was not prepared for. I think with sex after I didn't think about the fact that my boobs would be leaking. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's hard too. Is like now you have these big beautiful full boobs that you know they're big and they're full of milk but they are not at least in my case they are looks only like there's no touching because I get this might be TMI but I get my nipples like pulled on all day long when I'm pumping Mm -hmm. like my boobs like that's not a sexy area for me right now that does not (laughs) get me excited because I'm so used to like having this pump attached so boobs are awful so you just at postpartum you just have to change you know what works for you guys and that communication I think is key oh it's huge and it is kind of like having sex again for the first time yeah you're just having to relearn each other's bodies and different things like that so that communication tool huge huge, huge yeah huge. exactly but I, you know, and I know we're going to go through this again, hopefully, Lord willing, that we get to have more babies. But it's I'm curious to know, like, are postpartum experiences the same? Are they different? Is it easier the second time? Is it harder? Like, I have no idea what to expect. And I have a little bit of trauma from, you know, what we've gone through. Yeah. Post this baby. And I think it's always changing, too, because I three months in, I had another huge surge of hormones where I was Mm. just another emotional wreck. And I remember crying all the time. And like, like, he's now three months old, like he's almost sleeping through the night completely. Like I'm more well rested. But why do I feel this way? And so I just don't know, like, if it gets better next baby, or if you're now dealing with more challenges. Who knows? Right. And that's something to did you start your period you started your period probably early too right I started the week I started work that was my first period I just remember that that's so but I just remember that added a whole nother like hormone surge for me and I was a month and a half in or something and that you just like reminded me that first period just I was so upset I was like no 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 I'm nursing I'm not supposed to start my period. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I had because everybody says, like, if you nurse, if you pump, like your period is likely not going to start for, you know, longer periods of time. And I got my period at three months. So maybe that's when the hormone, that's what I was, that extra surge (laughs) hit because I I was like only three months. I was pissed. Oh, yeah. Started my period because I was like, this is not supposed to happen now. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to not have a period for another six months or so but and then your hair starts falling out and it's a whole oh my gosh (laughs) so postpartum hair loss hit me really yeah hard three months and it went until about two weeks ago like it for two and a half months my hair was falling out in clumps Mm -hmm. and when I talk clumps I mean like clumps like I am so surprised that I had any hair left and that gave me a bit of baby blues too like Mm -hmm. I was starting to truly feel like I was going down a spiral every time because in the beginning I was like okay this is normal like hair loss is normal right but then two weeks went by and it was still happening and it was getting worse and worse and worse and I just remember thinking like I don't feel like myself like my hair used to be shiny and beautiful and long and thick and now it doesn't have any shine to it 
-hmm. It's so thin. I have, like, no hair left. And I just, my face has changed. Like, my, you know, my face isn't as clear as it was before babies. Like, I've never had to deal with breakouts before. And now, just not feeling like yourself and thinking. And then your body's different. And I did lose my baby weight. But my body is not proportioned in the same way that it was. Like, that belly area is still there. Even though I weigh less than I did when I had a baby, my body is not the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel good about myself. And so you have that, like, self-image on top of everything else. Right. And I feel like hair hair is the thing that's supposed to stay the same. Like, that's the thing that you're like, I don't have to worry about my hair. (laughs) Like, Yeah. And then so when it starts falling out, you're like, no, 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 no. Like, you are my constant. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You can put makeup on your face. You can hide things. You can maybe put on a baggy sweatshirt. But like, hair is what people see. And Mm -hmm. hair is, I think, a part of a woman's identity. And so now you're losing your sense of freedom and now you look completely different and it's a lot to handle like going through that I mean we've talked about everything and then you still are dealing with your postpartum body and then this pressure of like what do I do with this new body how does my new body feel and function and things are different and how do I like is this my new normal can I ever go back to what I used to be like yeah or not and like figuring out which one that is and like either accepting it or making the change is hard. It is. Because everyone's different. Yeah. And then there comes like for me, I mean, I did spin throughout my whole pregnancy. Yeah. Like I loved it until like the last trimester, like the last couple months. And so after having the baby, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like no big yeah. deal. And then I try working out and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like, yeah. What is this? Because you're not used to, I mean, I have to, TMI, but like I have to ride my spin bike differently because my hips are not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all of these things. And I'm like, why? What's happening? And then I'm like, oh, wait, I carried a baby for nine months. Mm-hmm. Like that changes things a little bit. And then pushed her out. And then pushed her out. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's going to be some changes. But yeah. I will say for the hair mama's out there it can grow back you just have little funky baby hairs for a bit I like I'm trying to hide mine on I know on the daily I texted you this week because I finally started to get baby hairs and I like started I could have cried I was so excited I was like do you see these tiny (laughs) little baby hairs like there's hope like spring things are growing back including my hair (laughs) it gets better but it It never feels like it gets better in the moment and I think that's just life like when you're in it you feel like you're always going to be in it exactly and I think looking back I know we've talked a lot of downside to postpartum (laughs) but looking back I wouldn't trade it for the world like having that time with Ruth yeah I feel like Ryan and I grew a lot in our relationship mm-hmm. and I feel like I also learned a lot about myself during that absolutely time. so I think yep it was a hard hard time and I wish there were things that were different but at the same time I think there was a lot of growing pains that I needed at the same time yeah 
And I think it's incredible when you realize what your bodies can do and like how your body has been designed to like, if you think about babies and they're like these tiny little egg and sperm that somehow grow and develop into these beautiful babies Mm -hmm. and your body can carry them and sustain them and grows extra parts to like keep them alive. And then you get to like, you know, use your boobs to you know, provide them milk and just there's so many crazy things that your body's able to do that through this process in my crazy Google searches, like, is this normal? Is this not? And more times than not, it's like, yep, this is your body adapting or yep, this is normal or and it's like it definitely is astounding to know what your body can do and how somehow through all of that sleep deprivation, like you kept them alive. I know every month because Ruth and Logan were both born on the 15th. Every month it's like another celebration because it's like you kept them alive one month longer. (laughs) Like that's a miracle. Like it's not easy. And so celebrate that month that you got to Mm -hmm. keep them alive and you sustained them with your love and, you know, resources (laughs) that they're still, they're doing well. Like, and we're okay. Like now we're okay. We still go through these challenges but like it does get better so everybody (laughs) (laughs) there's hope and there is so much joy that and I would do it again oh yeah I want to yeah absolutely (laughs) with all of that like let's get pregnant (laughs) let's do this all again (laughs) at least this time I will say going through it the first time now I know things to expect and if you are a listener who has yet to experience postpartum, just remember what we talked about. And if you have questions, let us know. <laughs> we are open book. Yes. And I think that's the thing is next time I am reaching out and mm-hmm. next time I am saying like, I'm going through this, this and this. Did you go through this? Is this normal? Like, please. Like, I think I'm not going to be embarrassed next time. Yeah, I I am striving for that. That's what I want to do and if you're a listener out there and you don't have any other mamas in your life feel free to message us on instagram or email us yeah we are ask questions we would love to answer questions about all of this craziness yeah we might not always have the answers (laughs) (laughs) but we'll be there for you yeah exactly because i think that's the biggest part is just knowing there's other people out there that are going through it too and you're not alone and we can get through it together yeah, I think that's huge. definitely. Huge. Definitely. Well, I know we kind of talked about all of that, but give me one thing. What was your favorite part of your postpartum experience? Like, tell me about your mom when in surviving postpartum. I think my favorite part um, was so... <laughs> This is kind of cheesy, but I talked to um, one of my coworkers who had had a baby and she had talked about when she was nursing her baby, like she watched the whole show, This Is Us. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, so every time I watch This Is Us, I think of waking up in the morning and sitting on the couch and nursing my baby and like having that bonding time. And yeah. she said that. And all I wanted during postpartum was I just want to like relax on the couch, nurse Ruth chill out, have my coffee and watch a show. Yeah. And so I like I finally did that. I watched a lot of Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Ryan and I together, we rewatched Downton Abbey. And so now when I 
see that show or think of that show. I think of those mornings when I was able just to sit on the couch, feed her, relax, and mm-hmm. just bond with my family. I think that was my favorite part of postpartum was getting that bonding time with her. Yeah. And yeah. Ryan. We all bonded. Absolutely. What about you? Oh. Um, and all of the m- many, many times I cried during postpartum, <laughs> um, there were times that I would just hold Logan and I would just cry holding him, but they were tears of joy. They, mm-hmm. I would be so happy at how much I loved this tiny baby. And he would just like be sleeping in my arms. And I was just like sobbing. And I remember David's like, why are you crying? <laughs> like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just so happy. I've never been this happy before. And I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm hungry. And I don't feel like myself, but I'm so happy, which it's just the wildest experience. But when you see this tiny baby that was made out of love, like you and your husband loved each other so much, you created this tiny mm-hmm. baby. It's just the most incredible feeling. And I think just to have a baby in general, whether you were able to conceive naturally or not or adoption, like you're holding this baby that loves you so incredibly much. And there's just no nothing else in the world better than holding a tiny sleeping baby. Oh, nothing. And like when they sleep on your chest yeah. and like, oh, I still this morning, this is off topic, but Ryan got up with Ruth. (laughs) And she normally sleeps in her crib, like rarely naps on us and yeah, all of this stuff. And he got up with her and I was sleeping in and I, I woke up and I was like, it's way too quiet. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And I opened the nursery and he's on the <laughs> on the chair in there and she's laid out on top of him and they are just snoozing. Oh, and so I was like, sweet. that is like, the cutest thing in the world. But it's also like there's nothing like having a sleeping baby on you. Mm-mm. Like it's so nothing. relaxing and just. Oh, now I see. I want a baby. Now. I know like- <laughs> we're going to have babies. Let's plan it. <laughs> Instead of the 15th, let's have them be born on the same day. I'm telling you. There we go. We got to try. Okay. We're going to. I think we should. We need to coordinate this a little bit better. (laughs) Our listeners are going to be like, these ladies are crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. I just can't wait to have another little baby. Yeah, I want to see our Logan and Ruth as siblings. I think they are going to be just the cutest things. Yeah. And, oh, yes, it will be a very, very exciting time. It will. For now, I'm enjoying kind of adjusting to (laughs) new normal. But I do really, really look forward to doing all of this craziness again oh yeah for sure so mama's out there it's not all bad no just let us know hang in there <laughs> you got hang this. in there yes and so i know you kind of mentioned feeding like when you were trying to figure out nursing and i've gone through a pumping journey i think just feeding a baby and the miracle that that is is incredible but it is also hard and <gasps> no one talked to me about how hard it would be so I think next week we should talk about what our feeding journeys have been like you know from newborn up until now that they're eating solids and what the heck that's looked like and how we got where we got yeah I think that's a great a great conversation to have next awesome well so next week we'll talk about feeding baby from zero to eight months 
and see where we go. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us, guys. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.